ready. Get ready to be smashed through a table, throw up the ropes, and come begging back for more. In this corner, we have Adrian Headache Heaven, and in that corner is Nick Powerhouse Clown. Ready? I hope so. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ringmasters podcast through CM Life. This is one of your hosts, Nick Potter. Adrian is unfortunately sick this week, so you'll have to wait for him to come back next week. Now, as you know, very recently we had the Fastlane pay-per-view. We'll get to that in just a second. We're going to catch you up through the rest of the week. First off, NXT last Wednesday. We had Kevin Owens in a match against Adrian Neville. Kevin Owens, the brand new champion, and... Oh, big surprise, Kevin Owens had another terrific match with Adrian Neville, where this time Adrian got most of the offense in the beginning, as opposed to Kevin Owens dominating the whole match. He did win, though, so we're waiting to see where he goes next week. Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy, one of the fan-favorite tag teams, uh, launched a big claim to the new tag champions and then defeated the Vaudevillains in a big way, so it looks like we've got a new challenger for the tag team belts. We'll see where that goes in the next couple weeks. One of the biggest things that happened, though, for those of you who, are, who have been WWE fans for a while, you'll know what this means. Rhino came back in NXT. We haven't seen him in a very long time, but he had a match in NXT and completely destroyed some guy whose name I don't even know because I've never seen him before. And then William Regal said that he plans on bringing back a lot of other old guys to come back in NXT including next week, by that I mean tomorrow, Wednesday, the Brian Kendrick, who is another big tag team stay in the early 2000s. And it looks like Rhino's going to be uh, a big challenger for number one contender Finn Balor. Came up and uh, there was a confrontation backstage. And Finn Balor is, of course, my favorite NXT wrestler at the moment, so I can't wait to see what Finn and Rhino perhaps do. Now, the next day was SmackDown, and... Usually, the SmackDown right before a pay-per-view is a pretty big deal. Uh, Nothing happened. SmackDown didn't do anything for anyone at all. It was a big waste of time. And once they moved SmackDown to Thursday, it seemed like they were going to make it be almost as important as Raw. But nothing of note happened, and it looks like SmackDown's falling back into its old stays of the very, very clear second-best show That is, if NXT doesn't surpass it. So, that was a shame. But then Sunday, of course, Fastlane, the very first edition of this brand new pay-per-view right before WrestleMania. We're going to run you through the matches real quick. Kicked off with the authority of Seth Rollins, Kane, and Big Show versus Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, and Eric Rowan in a big six-man tag match. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of story building up to this, except for what's been going on the past couple months. Ziggler, Ryback, and Rowan lost all their jobs because of the authority, blah, blah, blah. Here's a fun, uh, not important story, but uh, an exciting opening match to kick off the pay-per-view, and it worked pretty well, you know? Uh, Ziggler and Rollins are two of the best athletes in the industry, and they had a lot of great chemistry. Ryback got to show off some very powerful moves that he doesn't get to use very often. And I was a bit surprised the Authority ended up winning the match. Kane had Ziggler in the corner. Big Show punched him. They pinned Ziggler. But then the celebrations were cut short. 
as Randy Orton finally returned. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Randy Orton has been out of action since about mid-November when Seth Rollins curb-stomped him on the steel steps. Uh, I believe he was actually filming a movie, but he has been gone since November. He's been at a couple house shows the past month. He was apparently backstage at the Royal Rumble, dressed and ready to compete if they decided that they needed him at the last minute. But he's been he's been ready for a month, and he finally showed up, got into the ring, uh, RKO's to both Jay and Jay, also Kane, tried to get Rollins, but Rollins sprinted out of the stadium as fast as he could to save himself. I am very excited to see Randy Orton back. He is one of my favorite wrestlers. Look forward to an Orton-Rollins rivalry, perhaps building up to WrestleMania. After that match, we had the Stardust-Goldust brother-brother rivalry, which was a bit underwhelming. I think Cody Rhodes is uh, another one of the most talented and consistent athletes on the roster, but something about this match just didn't quite click, and I'm not sure what it was. The big question about it was the possibly botched three count, because the ref had two consistent counts, and the third one, it looked like he tried to stop. He didn't completely hit the mat, but then he still called for the three count, and the bell rang, and the match was over. And while Stardust looked very confused, it's hard to tell if that was Cody Rhodes himself being confused or if that was the character being confused because he didn't think he lost. There's a lot of question marks about that, so we'll have to wait and see if that'll be part of the story, whether it was a botched count that made him lose or if they're just going to bury that and pretend it never happened. After that, we had the tag team match between the champions, the Usos, and new team of Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. Now, Cesaro and Kidd for the past year or so have been kind of underused and the fact that they're teaming up now, A, it means they're going to get a lot more time, and B, it's really going to revitalize the tag team division. Adrian and I have talked a lot about how, for the most part, the tag team division is pretty lackluster, and now we've got uh, Goldust and Stardust breaking up, Miz and Mizdow are probably going to break up. We need more tag teams like this, and Cesaro and Kid are very exciting. They've got two um, really different styles that I think mesh together well, because Cesaro is... Of course, very, very strong. We've seen him lift the big show up, and that's ridiculous. And Kid's a lot faster. You know, he's a lot more kick-oriented. And I think the two of them work really, really well together. And they ended up winning in one of the, uh, I'd say, the, the more surprising matches of the card. Cesaro and Kid won the tag championships, and it was a really, really entertaining match all the way through. So now we have to wait for the Usos to cash in their... Uh, their rematch clause. After that was one of the biggest events we've been waiting for, Triple H and Sting in a face-to-face confrontation of the icon of WWE, the icon of WCW, together in the ring. And one of the best things about Sting is that he is one of the very few people who can not say a word, and his presence still says more than most people can in a 20-minute promo. Sting does not say a word. He walks into the ring, he stares him down, he pulls out the baseball bat, his famous black baseball bat, and just points it at Triple H, practically jams it down his throat, and then points at the WrestleMania sign, and everyone there knew exactly what it meant. And Triple H versus Sting at WrestleMania 31 is definitely going to be one of the more high-profile matches. And of course, while he was walking out, Triple H tried to sucker punch him, but Sting grabbed him, got him in the Scorpion Death Drop, and walked away triumphant. 
After that, we went back downhill again. The Divas title match between Paige and Nikki Bella. I feel like it only lasted about five minutes like every other Divas match on the main roster. The problem with that was they had really good chemistry for a while. Paige is, of course, one of my favorites. And Nikki has... She's not great, but she's gotten a lot better over the past year. And they had some really good moves. But then I think what happened... Uh, I think Paige had a... Uh, wardrobe malfunction that was about to become a problem so they must have had to call the match really quickly because it didn't seem like it was supposed to end that that fast but clearly they're going to build the rivalry up more they're not done yet we had an intercontinental championship match between dean ambrose and bad news barrett and this for me was my most disappointing match because of how excited i was in the first place barrett is a great brawler and so is Ambrose are two of my favorites and then Ambrose gets Barrett into the corner doesn't back off after the five count he's disqualified which isn't how I wanted the match to end but the interesting thing was that Ambrose took the belt from Barrett and walked away with it he just left with the belt that he didn't win so now the champion doesn't actually have his own belt and I think we need to see a rematch of that because Ambrose is just going to hold on to someone else's belt, and that can't work for very long. Then the lights went out, a bunch of druids came out with torches, and a casket was rolled out to the ring. Now basically everyone knows that music, they know the theatricality of what's going on, and it's The Undertaker. And we haven't seen The Undertaker since he lost to Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. But the casket opens, and it's Bray Wyatt inside, which, while I predicted, a lot of people did not know that was about to happen. And Bray Wyatt delivered a promo like he's been doing for the past couple weeks, but instead of vague pronouns like just saying he and him and you, he actually called out The Undertaker by name, challenging him to a match at WrestleMania 31. Now, I like this, and also I don't. We talked about it before, how when you've got two people with vaguely similar gimmicks you know they're both kind of supernatural they're both weird guys in the way that they work that doesn't always work out I still think they can put on a really exciting match and the thing is if we can break kayfabe for just a quick second the undertaker you know Mark Calloway is not going to do a match unless unless he likes it you know there's no way that he would have just lost to Brock Lesnar without him thinking that that's what he should have done so there's no way he's going to wrestle Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania without him thinking that that's the best thing to do. And with the career that he has had, even if he has lost one time at WrestleMania, which I remind you is still the most impressive record there is, if he believes in it, then I guess I do too, and I can't wait to see where this develops in the uh, remaining month. We had Rusev and Cena for the, for the United States Championship, and... Uh, this was a very, very aggressive match. These last two matches on the card were, I think, just objectively the best of the two, and it really brought the crowd up. And it was very, very aggressive. Of course, you know, Cena, when he needs to, can get downright brutal, and Rusev is one of the strongest guys on the roster. Now, these last two matches in particular, I'm going to not talk about too much because I think Adrian will want to talk about them next week, and we'll uh, get a lot deeper into them then. But the basic finish of it was Rusev had seen him in the accolade and he forced his way out of it. But then there was a distraction. Uh, 
Rusev hit Cena below the belt, got him back into the accolade, and he passed out. So the match should have ended just via referee stoppage, but when the referee called it, he said it was via submission. Now this fundamentally isn't true because Cena did not tap out, he did not submit, he did not say that he was done, he passed out. Granted, you know, Cena still lost because Rusev in that instance was stronger. We've got to see a lot more building up into this rivalry leading up to WrestleMania because, of course, this is going to be another WrestleMania match. Will it be for the United States Championship? I don't... My initial thought is I don't think so. We've talked about this one as well before. I don't quite see John Cena, 15-time world champion, being a U.S. champ again, but... If there's one thing they could do to elevate these mid-card belts, that would be to give them to bigger stars, and there literally is no bigger star than Cena. So that's another thing we're going to have to wait a couple weeks to find more about, but uh, if they have a WrestleMania match, which it, they're clearly implying they're going to, that's going to be exciting. The main event of Fastlane, of course, was Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. The Royal Rumble winner versus the former WWE World Heavyweight Champion who never actually lost the belt, both claiming that it is their rightful time to challenge Brock Lesnar for the belt. And of course, the winner of this match does challenge Brock Lesnar at the main event of WrestleMania 31. Now, I think this was naturally the best match of the night. Reigns and Bryan had surprisingly good chemistry. Uh, Bryan, over his career, of course, has been one of the uh, best in-ring in-ring workers that there is. He's a very technical wrestler, and Reigns is more of a uh, more of a strong man, more of a brawler. But those two styles meshed really, really well together. And uh, right, right at the end, Brian was about to win. He was going for the running knee, and Roman Reigns caught him with a spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns is going on to WrestleMania. They got up, they shook each other's hands, and Brian said. Basically, he just looked him in the eyes and said, you need to beat the hell out of Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and you have to do it for me. And seeing the respect between those two after all this animosity between them was really great. You know, they're not enemies. It's a little cheesy to say, but it's like they're friends again, but it's really great to see that they can still work together. And another big question here is, will Vince McMahon write his way into another triple threat main event? Because last year we had... Randy Orton, Batista, and then they added Daniel Bryan in. Will this be Lesnar, Reigns, and also Bryan in the end? I hope not. I don't like seeing this many triple threats, uh, especially in the main event. Plus, coming off of Royal Rumble with Cena, Lesnar, Rollins, I don't think you can get a better triple threat than that, especially not so soon. The more, If you add more things in the way of Roman Reigns, like adding a third person into this match, it's showing that you don't have full faith in him. If you leave it as a two-person match, it shows the audience that you're really trying to push him as the next big face, the next big thing in wrestling. And I think you need to stick to your guns. You had him win the Royal Rumble. You need to keep him. This is a two-person match. And perhaps, you know, set up that Daniel Bryan-Dolph Ziggler match that people have been talking about if you really want a showstopper early on in the card. So then last night, we have Monday Night Raw. And the show starts out with Randy Orton coming out, and he does a quick promo. And then the authority comes out. Basically, all of the authority except Rollins. And they seem to set up a truce. You know, after three months of Orton being out on injury, 
it's almost like all of it was wiped away and now they're friends again. And this doesn't really make sense to me. And I think it really hurts Orton. But then again, you know, Orton is the Viper. Is he ever 100% trustworthy? I don't think anyone really bought that he was going to just be friends with Seth Rollins after he was stomped through steel steps. But they set up the main event of Monday Night Raw, which would be Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns teaming up to face Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. We will get to that in just a little bit. Dolph Ziggler came out and wrestled Bad News Barrett. And in a uh, ad sarcasm, in a very shocking result, Bad News Barrett lost another non-title match. Now, I like seeing Ziggler win clean. There's nothing wrong with that on its own. Ziggler is one of the best workers there is. But after Barrett has returned from injury in the beginning of this year, he has been completely wasted through and through. I don't know the last time Barrett actually won a match as IC champion, not by the other person being disqualified. They're completely wasting his run, and they're making him look so worthless and they're making the belt look worthless too and it really is going to need some take it needs to take some work for that belt to become meaningful again and I don't know if just putting it right on Ambrose in a month is going to be enough but I I still want to see that at the end of the match Ambrose himself came out holding the belt kind of taunting Barrett with it then seemed to stop and have a uh, a, a confrontation of sorts with Ziggler no words were shared but just both of their faces and the intense eye contact they had. And then on the way out of the ring, Ambrose uh, shoulder bumped in a Ziggler. Don't know if that's going to be a budding rivalry, but that's another thing I'd really be interested in seeing if WWE doesn't uh, mess it up like they did with Ambrose Barrett. The next match had the uh, officially reteamed up primetime players, Darren Young and Titus O'Neil, facing the Ascension. Now, the Ascension is, of course, relatively new, but they're not making a huge impression, and the primetime players have been gone for, I think, just over a year now, because they broke up last year at Elimination Chamber or so. So these are technically two relatively new tag teams, and it's really hard to predict in the beginning of this who's going to go over, because you don't want the brand new team to the roster to lose, because then why are they even there? But you also just brought back another tag team and it was kind of a big deal. You don't want them to lose either. I don't know why they had this match. You know, what were the Matadors doing? What were the New Day doing? If you want someone to go over. Darren Young ended up getting the pin. And then the Ascension beat up the primetime players after the bell. So neither of the two teams looked particularly strong. And I don't exactly know what they're doing here. If this is going to be an actual rivalry. Or if this was just a throwaway match. The Usos used their rematch clause against Cesaro and Tyson Kidd in what was leading up to be a really, really, really good match. And, you know, you've got the Usos are, of course, the face team. Cesaro and Kidd are the heels. And Tyson Kidd, in particular, doing a lot of heel stuff, like hiding behind his wife, Natalia, every chance he gets. But then he went to, uh, he was trying to get the pin, and he rolled an Uso up, but he had his feet on the ropes, which is, of course, illegal, Naomi, who was at ringside, came around and threw his feet off of the rope, and then Natalia pushed her over, 
Anuso got up onto the top rope for a splash, and Natalia knocked him off of the ropes, which I think that's great that Natalia and Naomi are finally getting actually involved in this rivalry. This rivalry's been around for a little over a month now, I think, and they haven't been doing anything. They've just been around, you know, just supporting their guys, which was silly. Why are they not involved? They finally are now, and who knows, maybe we'll get another uh, another six-man tag, but with mixed genders. You know, I don't know if that's a uh, low-card WrestleMania match, but that's something I'm looking forward to, just the fact that Naomi and Natalia are getting some actual spotlight, and maybe they'll get some ring work in, because they are two very, very talented divas. John Cena came out with a promo, of course, after losing to Rusev, which is something that he never thought he could do, and... The biggest part about it was that he challenged Rusev for a rematch at WrestleMania, which is, of course, what I think everyone wants. You know, Rusev is such a good heel at the moment, no one wants to see Cena lose completely. You know, the, if, if he loses once, we need Cena to come back and win. Rusev came out and denied him that challenge. Now, we've still got about four weeks till WrestleMania, and Cena's a pretty persistent guy. He's not just going to roll over and take this. So definitely stay tuned in the next couple weeks. Cena is going to get that rematch. I count on it. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Divas and how they don't get enough time at all. We talk about how they get three-minute matches, basically. And it's really, really disappointing. But it turns out three minutes is a great time because on Monday Night Raw we had approximately a 10-second diva match between the Bella Twins and Paige and Emma, where Paige was kicked out to ringside, Emma was dropped on her face, and then that was it. And there's really no point at all for this. It didn't push any rivalry, it didn't make anyone look good, it just made all of them look bad. The divas need to start being... They need to be taken seriously by, you know, the writers because a 10-second match makes no... It doesn't help anything at all. Especially with Paige and Emma, who had some of the best matches in NXT when they were both down there. The Bellas are getting better. You know, they're not quite up there yet, but they could have a really high-quality match if they were just given the time to tell a story in the ring. And it just doesn't look like that's going to happen for a while and it's it's really really upsetting now of course that brings us up to the big big main event where we've got brian and reigns versus orton rollins and the action was while pretty typical i would say it was still action-packed and it was exciting to watch you know these four are all great workers and orton coming back you know this is orton's first actual match in a while it was just really really great to see him one of my favorites in the ring who's been gone since november of course, Orton was going for a big move when Rollins tagged himself in, and Orton got mad at that and then proceeded to just leave. You know, he was done. They they had this truce, and Orton thought that maybe he could trust them again, and Rollins is up to his, his old shtick. Then, uh, as the match was, was over, Orton looked like he was going to attack Rollins in the corner, and then he backed off, curiously. He walked right up to him, picked him up, looked like he was about to hit him, patted him on the shoulder, and walked away. Now, this isn't what, I think, this isn't what anyone is expecting from Orton. Orton's not the kind of guy to just go easy on someone, especially someone who has put him through so much pain. Though I wouldn't be surprised if Orton is just kind of toying with him. 
you know, make Rollins think that he's safe and then he'll come back around and hurt him when he doesn't expect it. Because I've been predicting for a while, as soon as Orton came back, there'd be a big rivalry with Seth Rollins. And I think that will still be a thing. Probably a very early WrestleMania match. Maybe second or third match will be Orton-Rollins. But at this moment in time, it's hard to say where exactly that rivalry is going. Now, another thing that I definitely want to wait for Adrian to talk about a bit more. We had a new inductee into the Hall of Fame. Joining the likes of... Macho Man Randy Savage, Rikishi, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the celebrity division, we have the tag team, the Bushwhackers. Now, I personally don't know them very well. You know, they're a bit before when I started watching, and uh, even though I've done, you know, I've gone back and I've watched a lot of older things, I still don't know them very well. Most of my experience with them is mostly them being a comedy act, so I guess I don't know how other people really feel about this. I know they've had a lot of tag title reigns, so that's good for them. It's just not really what I was expecting. You know, I'm still waiting for, uh, here's a prediction for me again, I'm waiting for Kevin Nash to be inducted. We had Scott Hall last year, and I definitely expect them to bring in, you know, Big Daddy Diesel. He's one of the biggest guys that there was in the late 90s especially. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he were still to show up in the next couple weeks. Another big news, another big note, was that they uh, officially announced that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal will be coming back to WrestleMania. Now, if you'll remember, last year, this was won by Cesaro, who picked Big Show up and basically just tossed him over the ropes like he was nothing, and it was a pretty big moment, and it was just a really cool match that was a great way to get in a lot of undercard guys who were... They didn't have anything going on. So they're going to do that again, which is great. There have been three people already announced as in it. The Miz will be in it, and I predict Miz Dow might be in it as well. Curtis Axel will be in it uh, after his Axelmania speeches about how he still hasn't been eliminated from the Royal Rumble, which of course isn't true because he's saying he hasn't been thrown over the top rope because he never was at the actual match. But the night after that match, uh, Dean Ambrose did throw him over the rope just for good measure. So that, well, the speeches, they're kind of fun. Like, it's a it's an interesting thing, and it's getting him mic time, so good for him. But he's, he's just wrong. And the third person to be officially announced in the Battle Royal is Ryback, who is being pushed at the moment. I suppose he's probably a, uh, a pretty early contender for winning it. Uh, I bet Sheamus will end up in there. There have been a lot of... Uh, video packages announcing that Sheamus will be returning soon. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll return before WrestleMania or if he'll perhaps be a surprise entrant in the Battle Royal, but Sheamus is also a uh, highly favored pick to win that match. That about wraps it up for this week of WWE News. Of course, you know, if you uh, stay tuned in every week, Adrian and I will be here filling you in on everything that happens, our predictions of what's going to happen in the future, which is a pretty big thing as we are getting closer and closer to WrestleMania 31, the show of all shows, in just over 30 days from now. So stay tuned. We'll be bringing you all the wrestling news. I'm Nick Potter. We've been the Ringmasters.